Gang. Welcome to Best Night Ever, a show where interesting people who do interesting things tell the story of their best night ever. I'm your host, Ian Hollihan. With me, as always, is my co-host, Kitty Cat, Reggie Miller. Our story tonight is a little long, so this episode will have a lot less um, uh, um, bullshit. Uh, but before we start, I just want to take a second to talk about how much Reggie and I love and appreciate the great country of Sweden. Never been there? Certainly couldn't point it out on a map, but god damn it, do they have some good music. Of course, when you think of Sweden and music, the first thing you think of is ABBA. And uh, if you meet anyone who says they don't like ABBA, that can't be true. 20 years after ABBA hit the airwaves and our hearts, Sweden gave us a dance song that was also an American country ballad that was so honky-tonk and beautiful it would bring a tear to Hank Sr.'s eye. Of course, I'm talking about Cotton Eye Joe by the Rednecks. And then 20 years after that, Sweden gave us another poppy, dancey, amazing hit that topped the charts by a female duo called Iconopop. The song was called I Love It which is a song about making bad decisions and loving every minute of it. As someone who has a tattoo of the bus from the movie Speed, I can really appreciate celebrating bad decisions. A lot of people think it's called I Don't Care, but nope, it's uh, it's called I Love It. But Sweden didn't only give us these amazing dance pop hits, they also were amazing on the alternative side. Bands like The Hives and Refused. One band that helped kids in the late 90s and early 2000s realize that Sweden and Switzerland were two different places is a band called Melancholin. I'd say their most well-known album is Penny Bridge Pioneers. The album is best known for the lyrics about being a Swede, not being held down, and his favorite scooter. My favorite song on the album is a song called Right About Now. There's a great bridge with an amazing crescendo at the end where the lyrics are, At 23, I was far from feeling free. At 24, my life was a big bore. And then the lead singer belts out on the top of his lungs, Now I'm 25 and I'm still alive. Yeah, I'm 25 and I'm still alive and I'll never give up till I reach my goal. Until I reach my goal, controlling body and soul. Anyways, Sweden, thank you for all that. Our storyteller tonight is a media journalist who's never heard of Melancholin who works for the New York Times. For those of you who don't know, the New York Times are best known for having a really good crossword puzzle. She's going to tell us a story about seeing Swedish band Iconopop. But before we do that, I'd like to talk to her about something serious that happened to her that caused her to write an article called 25 and Still Alive. Jackie, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Great. Before you start the story, is it okay if I just ask you a few yeah, questions? Yeah, please. Cool. So media, what's that? <laughs> I cover, like, my own industry, basically. So, like, you know how people cover, like, retail or finance, whatever? We cover the media industry. Um, So it's kind of weirdly incestuous, but it's a really interesting beat to be on. So I cover magazines and podcasts and newspapers. I write a lot of this white guy is becoming an editor of this publication. No, like, movies or TV? I don't cover, like, TV specifically. Like, we have a different reporter that covers that. But I am, like, huge. Like, I love TV. Pen15 is hilarious pen 15 jackie yeah you can say the f curse once and get a little salty but let's leave the wiener jokes at home okay 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 i'll save my my f word no it's a good show orville better than anything star trek has done since star trek the next generation i don't know if you're a star trek person is that the show on amazon it's a show on amazon but oh orville you know i think it's star trek Uh, (laughs) (laughs) uh, orville's on fox and uh, the actor who played the kid in the movie critters you've probably never seen it's a good movie it's about aliens come down as furry little balls that kill you. What? Yeah, it's a, it's a horror movie, but it's neat. Billy Zane's in it. Uh, I don't know who that is. Really? Did you ever see Titanic? <laughs> yeah. It was, I haven't seen it in a long time. He's in other stuff, too. Like, okay. I bet if I saw him, I'd recognize him. He's kind of a chameleon. 
If you don't want to answer this, it's totally fine. Okay. But like you had a pretty serious medical thing happen. Yeah, yeah. Is it okay if we... Yeah, we can talk about it. What happened? I had a heart attack and I was 24. So I was in the newsroom at work. I just walked in and I felt like discomfort in the morning, but I thought it was like indigestion or whatever. And then I started really not to feel well and I got really sweaty. Anyway, I wrote about my experience for the time. So if you search my name, it's one of the first things that comes up. But yeah, I found out that I have an autoimmune disorder that basically causes blood clotting. It's very, very rare. Not a lot of women find, know that they have it and often misdiagnosed. I, um, yeah, I almost died and it was really scary. Yeah. I was actually pressured into asking this question because certain people I told, I mean, mm-hmm. Jackie Pizer, it's like, oh yeah, she, she had a heart attack. Mm-hmm. You know, probably every night's a gift to her. And sure, you know, the point of this podcast is everyone has the best night ever. Yeah. I don't think you should have to almost die. Oh no, now like every day is a gift and my best night ever had to be after that event or it's just bullshit. I think that's a really good point because something that I grappled with was when I was in cath lab, the nurse turned to me and she was like, Jacqueline, you need to live your best life after this. Okay. And I like really took that to heart. But then also afterwards, I don't know, I was 24. Like when you're 24, you haven't like given up on life. I was in the beginning of my career. I just got in this amazing new position at the Times. I was super excited about work and about learning and about this opportunity. I was living with two of my closest friends and like life was good. I didn't feel I needed a new, what's, what's the term? Um, a new uh, a lease on life? Yes, a new yeah. lease on life. I was living my life. So that didn't really change afterwards. My best night ever is actually like before this. It's from when I was in college. And so I, I don't know, like I, I hate that pressure of you must be so thankful you're alive. You must like take every day. So cherish it. And, and not really. When I got sick, I was so eager to get back to my normal life. I was so sick of being in the hospital. I couldn't walk more than a block without being tired. Your whole, I don't know, your ability to keep up with yourself is totally gone. Like you're in the body of an an older person. I get tired, sure not. I break a sweat. Wait wait a little longer. Like this, that's that's what life becomes, kid. (laughs) So I just was so ready to get back to how life was. And it wasn't, I wasn't focused on like, I'm going to do everything I can to live my life because I almost died. Like it only really occurred to me like six months later and through a lot of therapy to realize, oh yeah, that almost did happen. (laughs) You just, I don't know. I was just, wasn't thinking about that. No, that's great. And yeah, I'm actually kind of glad you were like, fuck no. That's the one F word you can curse (laughs) now. No, you said it. I didn't Uh, say it. You're right. Yeah, you get one more. Because I agree with you. It happened. Just waiting for the next best night ever. Totally. So, yeah, thanks for sharing that. Yeah. I know it's like really personal and stuff. And No, I mean, it's it's like writing it was so cathartic and it was, and I when I wrote it, I thought about it more selfishly than anything. I was like, this is like something that I want to do and I have this amazing platform we're working at the Times where I can easily pitch this to an editor. But I hadn't thought that it was going to have an impact on other people and like got a lot of really amazing response from people that have APS that have the autoimmune disease that I, I have. I think it's, it's for those a bum ticker. <laughs> people know something very intimate about me before without me even telling them so to like level a playing field i could tell you something uh, uh personal and intimate about me okay i've never separated laundry what in no are you serious i'm dead serious I-, I only own three pairs of jeans okay they're the same pair of jeans and a few t-shirts and just throw them in. well that's the luxury of being a man that might be a luxury of being a man but i'm more likely to have a heart attack <laughs> <laughs> anyways jackie let's hear your best night ever okay My best night ever took place in Berlin. I went to Goucher College. It's a real small liberal arts school outside of Baltimore. But I found out about it because they came to talk to my high school. 
I don't know, our college counselor said I should apply. And my mom's originally from Baltimore. So she knew of the school and my sister went to University of Maryland. So I liked the idea of being near my family and my sister, Rebecca. I double majored in communications and American studies. Fun fact, you usually you'll have like the classes you have to take. You have to take a math, you have to take writing, whatever. At Goucher College, you're required to study abroad. When I was figuring out where I wanted to study abroad, I really didn't have a good idea of where I wanted to go. My sister studied in Prague and loved it, but I didn't want to do what she did. And when my sister Becca got back from studying abroad, she kept saying Berlin is the most amazing city. Like, it was my favorite place that I went. You have to go there. And so, I don't know, I trust my sister. And so I just decided and I found a program that I was interested in. Both my grandparents are German or were German. And my grandmother grew up in Frankfurt, my grandfather in Berlin, and they both had to leave Germany because of the war. Um, his whole family left. They Well, so his family left first and went to South Africa and he stayed behind And his father had run a factory. And so he, my grandfather, was able to get a job as an an apprentice. And his father had basically organized for this person who ran the factory to kind of take care of him and to protect him. And then someone that worked there outed him. Sheesh. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. There's this story of my grandfather. And he died when I was young before I like cared to learn about his life, which was a real bummer. But there's this story in our family that we tell where my grandfather was caught by like two SS soldiers and was brought into a room to be interrogated. And um, they left the, they left him in this room. When they came back, my grandpa like beat the shit out of them. Like he threw chairs and tables at them. And he was an athlete. He was also like a professional rower. Like he was supposed to go to the Olympics for rowing. And he just like beat the shit out of them and just like fled. And then at that point, his family was like, that's it. You're leaving. So he went to South Africa. Yeah. Couldn't stop beating up Nazis. And then my grandfather went and fought in the war with the South African army. I saw it as this weird like redemption in a way. My grandfather was forced out of here when he was 18 or 19 out of his home where he lived. And now I get to go back and kind of reclaim it in a way. When my parents came to visit, actually, we went, we did a Jewish tour. My parents travel a lot and they love to do Jewish tours wherever they go. We did a Jewish tour of Berlin and we wound up in the neighborhood where my grandfather lived. Anyway, so I studied abroad in Berlin. If you even if you have a vague idea of the Cold War, I guess a lot of people understand that Berlin was split between like East and West Berlin. And East Berlin historically was run by the Russians and West Berlin was sectioned off. Like part of it was was territory of the French, of the English and of the Americans, um, I guess the allies after the war. East Berlin kind of has this like, I don't know, Soviet like, which is kind of cool. Like there are some really cool cafes and restaurants that are in East Berlin that are still kind of in that realm. But it's a huge city. I mean, it's 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 massive and its subway system is incredibly efficient. But we lived in South Berlin, like very and all the stuff that's happening is in like central, obviously, and probably like further north of that. So there's like Kreuzberg, which is kind of the Bushwick of Germany in a way. It's like very like industrial and graffiti everywhere and hip and cool. Um, and like hidden bars and restaurants and things like that. Yeah, so if that's, if Kreuzberg is like the Bushwick of Berlin, then I would say where we lived was like the New Jersey of Berlin.
<laughs> it was very... I don't know. It was a lot of older people. <laughs> it wasn't very cool. There was like one Italian restaurant near us that we used to go to. Just like in New Jersey. Yeah. Just like Jersey. <laughs> to kind of give you some perspective, my friends and I were not big partiers. So when I studied abroad, my whole philosophy was like, I am going to say yes to everything. Like, I'm just going to do this. Like my first, I remember my first night, I didn't know anyone going on this program. My first night, I... um I had met like this girl when we were registering and she, we found out we were on the same floor in our building. And, um, so I knew that, but then when we got to our apartment, I like unpacked, I showered. I was like, okay, I'm getting ready to go to bed. Um, I just like flown all these hours to get here. And then I hear a knock on my door and it's this girl I met. And she was like, Hey, I met these two other girls. We are going to go out. Do you want to go out? And Part of me, like old, like normal Jackie, would be like, no, I'm going to bed. But I said, you know, this is my first night and I have an opportunity to meet cool people. So yeah, I said yes. I got dressed, went, and then I met some of my best friends during the program. It ended up being an incredibly failed night out. Because we got on, we got, we didn't know anything about our neighborhood and we got on the subway and went the wrong direction. Um, and we ended up getting off and walking around this weird sketchy area, like further south than where we were and wound up at this weird bar that was like filled with old German locals and like these like big burly men and filled with smoke. And it was, it was an interesting night, but I was like, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna set myself up to push my limits and being in Berlin was the only time that I think I really let loose and really like part, like partied and whatever. And then I got that out of my system and now I'm perfectly fine not doing that anymore. My two best friends, Sharon and Addie, were coming to visit Society Abroad in London. You know, not risk takers, you know, going to a country where they speak the same language. <laughs> Meanwhile, I barely passed my German class. So Sharon and I lived together freshman year. We lived with this other girl, Brie, who was like one of our other really close friends. She ended up having to transfer junior year. She, you know, got her, so it was really expensive, but we still stayed really close with her. And then Addie, my other friend who visited me in Berlin, lived down the hall. So we were very close. And I was really excited because Berlin is such an amazing city and I couldn't wait to show it off to them. And we had like this whole itinerary planned. But I realized one night that they were there, I had bought tickets to see Iconopop. I don't know if you know who Iconopop is, but they sing that song. I don't care. I love it. <laughs> and I'd never heard that song before I went, I studied abroad. But my friend Tom was organizing us all to buy tickets to go to the concert. So I'd already bought tickets by the time my friends decided which weekend to come. But I was like, actually, this is great. They'll buy tickets. It was like 20 euros, I think. Go to the concert. Concert was at this place called Gretchen, which is this venue in Berlin. And it used to be military stables. So it's really... It's very like industrial looking and like there's like really cool ceilings and like these pillars and it's a really, really great venue. So before we went to the concert, a bunch of us went to my friend's apartment and all of our apartments looked exactly the same. Like they were, we lived in the middle of nowhere Berlin, like South Berlin, probably because it was cheaper. And also I think because they wanted to force us into a community that like didn't speak any English. So we would have to learn German, which was really difficult when like you went to the grocery store and tried to talk to the people there. Anyway. 
And so we all went into our friend's room, apartment, and they all looked the same. We were all in studios, and we had these weird, like, our beds were like these single beds that kind of looked like like couches in a way it was very weird um and we only had like two chairs in the apartment so when you had people over dinner you'd have to like bring your own chair and fork and knife and plate essentially we went to our friend's place we pre-gamed and because we lived also so far from anywhere exciting in berlin we would usually like each of us like bring like a bottle of wine or like some liquor in a water bottle and just pre-game on the train also so it was a lot of pre-drinking before going out the pregame was great. We were listening to the music and I was super excited to go to the concert because I like when I go and see a musician or go to a concert, I want to know like all their songs. So I my first concert ever was Spice Girls and it was great. Oh, I don't know. I was really young, but then I hadn't gone to a concert in a really long time. And then my friend Reggie just came up to say hi. And then my freshman year of high school, I think. Yeah, freshman year, I went to see Bright Eyes. Do you remember Bright Eyes? Uh-huh. I knew one song by Bright Eyes, and it was like an interesting, it was a fun experience, but definitely wasn't wasn't the best. Yeah, other than that, I feel like I very strategically only go to concerts for people that I know. I feel like it's not as exciting if you're singing along or you're at a concert and you don't really know the words. Like it's more, it's more fun to get really into it. So my friend Tom and I had listened to the entire album, and I knew like they, I mean, they, I think they had an EP. Like there weren't a ton of songs. It's, but I knew all the words. I was like prepared. I did my homework. I was so excited. I think it was one of the first nights where it wasn't super cold. Berlin is was freezing. It was one of the like the coldest, most brutal winters that I was there because I went spring semester. And it must, I don't know when the concert was. Maybe it was April that we went. And so it had gotten warmer. I don't think I had to wear like a heavy coat, which was also great because that was always a pain in the ass. Because in Berlin too, I mean, every club and bar has a check a coat check because it's just part of the life there and i didn't i don't think i checked my coat so we get to the venue and it's a whole horde of us for my study abroad program i mean it must have been like at least 20 of us that went and tom is really tall like he must be like six five or six six and he is like a big guy and he just basically led a group of girls (laughs) through the crowd at Gretchen and we made our way all the way to the front at the stage. My friends who are visiting are really like, t- they're really tiny. Like they're like five one. They're really little. I always feel like I'm towering over them when I'm with them. But we got to the front, so it was great so they could see really well. And then when Iconopop got on stage, they had, I don't know, like a DJ board in the middle of the stage and they were on each side of it. And one of them, I don't know if you know what they look like, but one of them's like tall and like long red hair. And the other one has like short brown hair, but they're like super cool. And they're wearing these like Iconopop, these um, these black bomber jackets that said Iconopop on the back. And so they started performing and it was amazing. Like we we were so close, like we were screaming and dancing and just like jumping up and down and one of the singers like reached her hand out at me and held hands with me as we like sang to each other the song. And it was, it was just the most pure fun I've ever had. And like at a concert too, but it was just, you know, like when you're not thinking about anything else and you're like, I'm with my best friends. I met this amazing concert. I am dancing and sweating and having the best time and I'm drunk and I'm just like loving life. And then their last song was they're like, bop you know i i love it i don't care whatever the song is called my friend 
jumped on stage during that song and then just like the rest of us from our program they were like the girls from the band were into it so we just all got on stage and we're jumping and singing like crazy and then one of the singers hugs me and she gave me a kiss on my cheek as they were leaving the stage and there's this picture my friend captured of me just like my, my mouth like gaped open my eyes like bulging I was like oh my god and my friend stole one of their bomber jackets that they had taken off. So as we were leaving, we like noticed she was wearing like their Iconopop black bomber jacket. It was just so much fun. And then we left and we like made our way out of the venue. It was so crowded. My friend was like, I really have to pee. And then a bunch of us had to pee. And then we ended up like going behind these bushes, like along this like pretty busy street. And then all of us just like urinated in public. And it was the first time that I peed in public. So it was um, a very, very big moment milestone for me. (laughs) But it was great. And then I think afterwards we just went and got like drunk food. I can't remember. I was talking to my friends to figure out like what we did after. We probably either we like went to another bar maybe and went and got food like donor kebab is like the drunk food in Berlin because it's it's like a Turkish thing. It's like the meat on the stick and you you take it off and then you put it in like this like thick bread. That's kind of like the consistency of like the thickness of focaccia bread kind of. But it's like the shape of a pita. It's so good. And all these like veggies and sauces and it's delicious. Yeah, and then we probably just went back to my apartment and passed out, but it was it was the best night ever. So during World War II, a young man was forced out of his home by a tyrannical regime. Eighty years later, his granddaughter reclaimed that home by peeing all over the place and having the best <laughs> night ever. Thank you for that story, Jackie, and thank you, Sweden, for giving us Iconopop. Is there anything you can't do? Jackie is currently a journalist at the New York Times. If you Google Jackie Pizer, one of the first things that will come up is the article that she wrote about having a heart attack, and it's titled, as I mentioned before, 25 and Still Alive, just like that song from that band from Sweden named Melancholy, in case you didn't catch that connection from earlier. If you wanted to subscribe to the show, I wouldn't be mad about it. If you have any thoughts, questions, concerns, or comments, you can email us at bestnightpodcast at gmail.com. You can see original artwork for every episode, including this one, at bestnighteverpodcast.com. Our Twitter majigger is BNE Podcast. On Instagram, we are Best Night Ever Podcast, but most people just call me Ian. Theme song, as always, was provided by Ghost of Lester Bangs. The accordion was provided by some guy who records his accordion playing and gives it to podcasts for free. For the love of G Wiz, if you're a musician and you'd like to donate songs, please let me know. Before signing off, I just want to take a second to talk about Leonardo DiCaprio. Now, a couple years ago, he won an Oscar for the movie where he was hanging out with the bear. In the speech, he thanked the director of This Boy's Life for casting him in his first movie. I guess Leonardo DiCaprio forgot that the rest of us have the internet, too. Leonardo DiCaprio's first movie, Critters 3, colon, You Are What They Eat, was the sequel to the sequel to Critters, starring the guy who's in Orville. If you haven't seen Orville, it's fantastic. I'm just saying, you don't got a lot to hang out, Leo. Anyways, whether you're listening to this in the daytime, afternoon, or night, I hope it's the best ever. See you next time.